You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is Milo. And it's another week, but this week, guess what? Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz season officially starts really tomorrow because tomorrow is media day. Boom, let's take some pictures. Let's take some pictures. Let's try on some new uniforms. I wonder if they try on the new new purple uniforms that look so nice. Hashtag muscle watch. Hashtag perp watch. Actually, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a... It's been a long, long summer. Every summer that comes by when you write about for the site and for the jazz and all these things, it always I always forget how long summer is. Uh, so I am incredibly relieved to finally have new things to talk about and to write about. Tomorrow we get to hear from all of our jazz players. They're here. It's exciting. But before we get started, last week we did this. We're going to do this again. We got reviews. I- we got some reviews on iTunes. You guys actually listened to us and went to the app. You searched. We owe you hot dogs. That's right. We owe hot dogs. Okay, so here we go. Uh, two new reviews this week. This one's Digitized Ghost. Love these guys. Great podcast. I do want my free hot dog. Where can I pick it up? Also, I love James Hansen. His favorite comment he has ever read. You're right. That is that is totally this is a trend you. I could get. That used. is totally you. That is totally you. I'm, I'm saying right now, you are creating fake iTunes profiles just so you can compliment yourself, just so you can give me a complex. I bought a 1250 iPhone just so I could get my own, a new unique iPhone ID, I guess, just to write this review. You're smurfing the reviews. <laughs> the, and then the other one from Alex Barlow, the most punkiest podcast ever. This is by far the punkiest podcast I've ever heard. I listen to it as I fall asleep. And Milo's voice helps a lot with that. Thanks, Milo. Uh, oh my goodness! Falling goodness. asleep to Milo's sultry tones. I yeah, my 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 stringent, high, annoying, scratching voice. You're welcome, <laughs> guys. If You're you want to be if you want to be featured on the podcast, go to go to iTunes right now. Search SLC Punks. Go to it. Click write a review and do it, and I will read it on here. All right, let's get started with the podcast, guys. I don't know if you've heard about this. Maybe you haven't logged in for the last few days onto your Twitter account or onto the internet in general, but Jimmy Butler, Butler wants out. Jimmy Butler wants out of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, anybody would want out of Minnesota, but I mean, to leave the Minnesota Timberwolves and Tibbs, his man, I mean, et, et tu, Brute? That's a backstab, man. How, how, could you, how could anyone ever not want to play with Tom Thibodeau? 
How could anyone ever decide they don't want to play for that team anymore? That's I mean that blows I mean, me away. Jimmy Butler put forty four minutes a night. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't die for this. I mean, he may or may not have been uh, stealing certain players' girlfriends. We're not, but like he, he, I like how people are like he's he's still in his prime, and it's like yeah, but he's in like Tom Thibodeau prime, like <laughs> he's. <laughs> He's, he's, his, I mean, he's 30, but his knees have played 35. Like, he's, it's, uh, I don't know. Like, but anyway, like, so the rumor has it that every team in the league, basically, every, every time, like, I refresh Twitter, it's like, they're like, these teams are, are, are interested in Jimmy Butler. And it's like the entire league, except the Utah Jazz. Oh, absolutely. So, I, Anyone and, who and tells you the Jazz should trade for Jimmy Butler. Click the unfollow button on whatever app that is, whether that's like that's like Facebook level commentary. If anyone says that, don't listen to them. Anymore. I mean, first of all, the Jazz would much rather be able to go into free agency next year with this solid core and go after Chris Middleton or Clay Thompson mm-hmm. um, and just say, hey, look at this offense and look at our capable organization rather than, hey, let's trade away a ton of talent, draft picks, our future for a dude who's going to bail on us a year. So. Yeah. That, so we're not going to talk about – we know the Jazz aren't going after him. What we want to talk about, though, is is how this affects the Northwest Division because this – like if Butler's gone, like first first Wolves, they have um, they have stretched uh, – well, they've given a max to um, to Cat, to Carl Anthony Towns. So now they're, they're giving upwards of 330 mil over the next four years, five years to both these players, which is – not exactly the building blocks they probably uh, want to have, and and so and if they do trade, when they do trade Jimmy Butler, because their owner wants him gone. And this is the other thing: ex Utah Jazz GM Scott Layden, uh, not GM, but uh, front office and assistant coach Scott Layden, uh, is getting totally railroaded up there. Like he said, no, we're not going to trade him. Not until later, till we can get a better deal. And probably because there's going to be more players available after December. And the owner's like, we're getting rid of him right now. And mm-hmm. so, and Tibbs is even saying, if you get rid of him, I'm gone. So the, the Minnesota Timberwolves have put on, I mean, it, it took the Sacramento Kings, what? Uh, an entire offseason to do this level of dysfunction. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have come in here and reclaimed their right to the, to the throne since the David Kahn days. And I'm just so proud. Well, when, is, you mentioned, this, when you mentioned that uh, T- Tom Thibodeau said, now, if you trade Jimmy Butler, I'm gone. I wonder if Glenn Taylor's like, all right, well, let's just make sure we let's, trade let's him. do that. Promise? <laughs> How quickly can we get this done? I'm sending a, tw- I'm sending a text to Woj right now. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, done. <laughs> I'm out. Really? Oh. Oh, man. Man. Hey. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. because if he quits, if he quits, if he's just like, I'm out, he's like, cool. Well, then he doesn't have to fire him and he's not on the hook for the, for the contract. He's like, I'm out. Cool. Yeah. Done. And, and so, and so the Northwest division, now that brings the, you know, the teams that are vying for actual comp- competition. Now, now finally there's at least a stinker in the division again, hopefully. Well, because, because last year it was a, it, I mean, you had Portland. You had Oklahoma City, you had Denver, you had Utah and Minnesota, 
And all five of those teams in any given year should have been playoff teams, but last year wasn't any given year. And the Denver Nuggets, unfortunately, were on the outside looking in. And with Denver flexing up and LA flexing up in the West, this gives A, teams in the West, much needed wins. Because now you're not having to worry about Jimmy Butler's defense or his alpha mode because the Wolves were better. Like, take out like Jimmy's like blowing up a locker room antics aside, the Wolves were eight points better when he was on the court. Oh, he's, they were a, a much he's an impact player for sure. Like, he there's was. no questioning that. But he will blow up your locker room. And so, is that worth trading a ton of assets for? I don't think so. But if you're a big market team, you have to think that your chances of being able to convince him to stay are much better. Like the Jazz aren't in Miami, the Jazz aren't in LA. They're not they're they're not a big market team. And then you have to look at like Portland who's in the sweepstakes, who's in total like YOLO mode because it's not working with just uh Dame and and McCollum. They're missing that top end. And so they're so if they're they're willing to 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 blow it all all up they they were willing to blow it all up before they even had any plans and long term plans so oh, it'll that, be really interesting to see where he lands that Evan Turner contract really really oh, hurt them I, there's just no way around it, it uh, but it it is interesting basically it's opening up a playoff spot for either Denver or now L A with LeBron it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm between those two teams who's ma- who makes it because the teams that made the playoffs last year outside of Minnesota are all going to be good this year. Uh, the new Orleans Pelicans are going to have possibly the MVP of the league on their team and Anthony Davis. And they have health. If they, if they're healthy, they're, they're, they're tough. They're a great team. And so the only team that I, I'm like eh, on is who made the playoffs last year is um, I'm thinking, the Spurs, see, uh, I, because because they they have Demar Derozan and they have Lamarcus Aldridge, but I just don't think you can you can overestimate how much it is to lose like your the 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 three focal points of your Spurs culture in the matter mm, of two years. I was going to say culturally, I agree. I the thing is is that Kawhi played like eight games last year and they still made yeah. the playoffs. This year they get Demar Derozan who. I agree. I, you know, isn't the greatest, most efficient player on the planet, but he's still a good well, player. I, and I think, I think and he's going to be playing pissed. And like that, there's top. something to be saying. Mm-hmm. He might, he might go into that system and really perform really well. And yeah. So I but think also, it seems like guys who go into that system, their first year, they struggle with it. Yeah. Like Rudy Gay did that. Um, Richard Jefferson, LaMarcus Aldridge. It seems like that takes a while, and it always seems like it takes a real adjustment. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Um, but it's just going to be tough. Then it, I I don't yeah, think it's a given that the Nuggets make the playoffs this year. They they mm-hmm. gave the contract to Jokic, and uh, if they're healthy, like if Gary Harris is healthy, they're going to be better. I know he missed time last year. It's tough yeah. though. They better play better on defense, or they could be a really nice team that doesn't make the playoffs again. So it'll be right thing to see. You know, it'll be interesting. I, and going from big changes heading with the, with the T wolves. Also, before we move on, uh, we'd like to welcome all of our Canis Hoopus uh, deserters. 
to SLC Dunk. Welcome. You um, are all welcome we, to root for a team welcome. that has done things very well the last three, four years, five years. Really. Welcome to welcome. We welcome our Canis Hoopus refugees. Can you hear my my daughter yelling to get into to the room right now? She heard you mention the Timberwolves. Is what happened? Yes. I mean, I mean, she she she's a big cat fan. Actually, I wonder Indeed. if that's Glenn Taylor on the phone. That's not your baby at all. Yeah, oh, yeah that's this is Glenn Taylor. <laughs> so so going from big changes to not so big changes, Utah Jazz, and and you're hearing this with um, all across the board with uh, with with the m- big market media personalities saying the Jazz are running it back. And uh, so they got their entire team back, minus Jonas Drebko, and in his place you put Grayson Allen and uh, George uh, Nyang. And 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 with Georgie and and Grayson, like Georgie was already there, and Grayson, I mean, it they'll be it, like it's kind of like him always being there because he's a Duke guy, so. <laughs> I I think that the rotation is not going to be all that uh, different. I think that uh, Tabo Cephalosha is going to play exclusively the four, where last year Quinn kind of played him at the three a lot, a surprising amount, actually. Yeah. Uh, and that was probably just to be sure that he got on the floor because the Jazz do have an incredible amount of depth. But this year, I think uh, Nyang and... and and Allen will get on the floor. I actually, and yeah. I, I think Allen actually might get uh, more time than even Yang this year. But it's really, it really is going to happen with injuries. Or Quinn might have scheduled rest for some of these guys at times, like to just make sure with they're the depth, fresh. If nobody gets, if nobody gets hurt this year, and I think Quinn might have been able to do that last year. Though I think the injuries actually really galvanized the team and really forced them to work without Gobert and get better. But yes. This year, there's definitely going to be that that forced rest where it's just like, uh, Gobert, you're not going to play that many minutes because we want you healthy. We want you fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that with Derek Favors last year, though. Derek Favors, he played all 82 games, and he played about 28 minutes a game. And I think that's going to be um, par for the course. You're going to see Favors again play 26 to 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. Favors will play, and I think they just want to keep the guys healthy and fresh. Like, if you can give a guy a night off uh especially i like i would tabo and tabo's gonna get rest days this year he is getting older and um there might even be days where maybe ingles gets a night off or two and that might be a time where you do slip in yang and allen because yang and allen together kind of produce a lot some of the things that Mm -hmm. that uh joe ingles does i'd like to see joe ingles actually get a little bit of rest this year because i think when joe ingles is fresh he's much better and he is i think they're playing with house money with his health i think they're really paying playing with house money with his health Mm -hmm. well he's been so he's been so durable and i think he hasn't missed a game for like two years and if he has it's been just a maybe a one or two but uh, I just think with uh, Ingles, if he is well rested, he's honestly one of the most he's one of the best players in the NBA, and that's not even a joke. He's just that impactful. But he's he only does missed wear three games, three games in the past four years. Yeah, he's he's incre- He's an Iron Man. He really is. But I do feel like Ingles, when he like, let's say Ingles plays thirty six minutes, and if it's on a back to back, he plays the next game. He does. It does seem like he's not as effective that next game. 
And so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple back-to-backs where Ingles just either plays 20 minutes or doesn't play at all to just get that rest and keep him fresh. Because the Jazz now are a team that needs to prep for the playoffs. They're not just like trying to make the playoffs. It's it's be fresh for the playoffs to do as well as they can. Uh, and and that's mm-hmm. why I, I think that those are situations where – because it's an 82-game season and there are going to be injuries. Someone's going to get some sort of pull or strain or turn an ankle or something. And those those guys are going to get get minutes. And we did hear that Allen, there were trade offers to the Jazz for their pick to pick Allen. And I think it's okay. We're going to talk about this. Okay, oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, okay. And no, I think no, that no, means I think that means the Jazz believe in him and they want to develop him, and they're going to play him. I, okay, okay. I think there's a difference. Okay, so the things where they've said. Hearing whispers that the Jazz want to play Grayson Allen, what was it, 10 minutes a game? Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about that because right now, like the, the coaches, like the main coaches aren't able to really be working with them. You might have some positional workouts or things like that, and they have their, you know, with uh, Johnny Bryant or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that, I, that, I think that's front office speak because you look at, I mean, remember the past four years where we'd have Dennis Lindsay being like the, our biggest free agent acquisition this summer uh, was uh, Alec Burks mm-hmm. and Alec Burks would be killing it in workouts and be amazing. And we're really committed. And then he just wasn't there and he would be relegated to the back of the bench by Quinn Snyder for the past two or he got hurt. Um, or we had Dante Exum in his third year when he got healthy and they're like, we're going to be giving Dante Exum a lot of minutes. Got to get him up to speed and da da da. And Dante did not get a lot of minutes. He was stuck behind Shelvin Mack. And I think as a front office, I think the front office and even the coaches are like, we, we, I think they're really a sold on Grayson Allen as a prospect. I think they think he can be good in the league mm-hmm. and be a valuable contributor. But I think that's going to change. And it's going to be really hard to decide to give those 10 minutes when you have a playoff team now Mm -hmm. and you have and you're looking at okay well ricky's out there he's tired and i know if i put grayson out there he's gonna get killed and i'm gonna have to push him and they're gonna have to push harder we have a game tomorrow night a back-to-back or we're gonna be on the road for the next few games or you're looking at that and you're like i know i can put dante ixum in there and he's going to be able to run the offense and run it to perfection or i can put howell netto and we've seen in the past Mm. quinn snyder relies time and time again on guys who are going to defend well and know his system and that he can trust. See, I don't know and, if I talk about Neto, I actually think of him as a good defender. I know he plays hard and tries really hard, but you can't put, you know, Neto on the floor against any of the big time players in the league. What like he's gonna play solely right. against backup units. And I think that, you know, Grayson Allen coming into the NBA has never been considered like a very fast lateral guy or any sort of big time defender at all. If he was, he probably would have been picked higher in the draft. But, you know, Neto's never been considered that. And I think, I mean, anyone who thinks Alec Burks is a good defender, I, 
don't know if I agree with you, but uh, only when playing Houston in the playoffs. Only when playing like, in the Houston in the playoffs when we're down by twenty and it's garbage time. And then yeah, the down by twenty, he's like, Burks is like, this is my time. I'm sorry, but this is I don't it. know if I consider garbage time very legitimate min- minutes. I, what I like about Allen, he's bigger than Neto. He's a better defender, or not a better defender, better mm-hmm. better rebounder than Neto is because he's just bigger. That's one thing. I mean, I know I it's feel like Grayson Allen plays YMCA defense. <laughs> Where he's going to be like up in your face for the first oh. like five to seven seconds. He already got in a just, fight with Trey Young, and it wasn't even like it's it, it's it's like peak YMCA defense, where it's just like I'm going to be up, you know, five to seven seconds. I'm going to be up in your face, and then I'm going to get like totally eaten alive. But he's got and that's got to change. That's got to change. He's got to like he needs to have intensity, but not like like being a pest. Oh is not going to get you very far in the in the NBA because dudes will light you up for it. Oh, I like Joe Ingles can be a pest because he backs it up. Mm-hmm. Like if Grayson Allen is a pest and doesn't back it up, boy oh boy is he, is is his ass going to be on a platter. Oh, he if he does care. not if, if he does he not doesn't care. Up. He's going to get punched in the face and he's going to get up and he's going to smile through bloody teeth at this guy and then he's going to come do it again. And the thing that's going to be nice is that he's an, he's going to be a better rebounder than Neto. So what I'm predicting, this is my prediction for Grayson Allen. I okay. I actually okay. don't know how much he's going to play. Like, that's just a huge question mark. Nobody knows how much he's going to play. Quinn Snyder doesn't know how much he's going to play. But I think that he's going to have, he's going to be one of those players that you look at his advanced numbers and you're going to be like, wow. He's always a positive when he when he's on the floor. And I think the reason is is because in summer league what I really liked is that he rebounded way better than I expected. He was like a triple double threat base. If he'd have played more minutes, he'd have gone a triple double. And that's cuz he rebounded well, so he's going to end possessions for opposing offenses. And he really moved the ball well. Like he it wasn't just like there's like players that you can tell are seeking for looking for assists. They're just trying to get their stats. What was nice about uh, Allen is it looked like he just played within the offense well. The ball just moved while he was on the floor. And I think Quinn's going to like that. And I think actually he's going to get a lot of, he's going to make other players on his team better offensively. Now, I think he's a bench player. That's what he's, I don't know if he's ever going to be more than that. Probably not. If he is, then that's fantastic. But I think that he's, he can turn out to be a very good system player, both on offense and on defense. Like on defense, he doesn't have to be Royce O'Neal. He doesn't need to be Tony Allen or whatever. But if he can just learn the jazz defensive system, funnel things into Gobert or to Derek Favors or whoever, or Epe Udo, who he might be playing with at times on second units, that's all he has to do. And I think that's something that he can do. And if he's doing that, and if he's shooting 36% from three, I I don't know how you play Neto and Burks over him because he just brings more to the team than those guys do. I don't know what and I don't know what Alec I don't know what Alec Burks does better than Grayson Allen right uh, now. See, see, that's see, that's where I uh, I so I I agree. Like he he could make it past uh, like he's going to make it past Neto on the depth chart really easy. Burks, I think you're going to see. Um, I think that's what preseason is going to be there for mm-hmm. is to see if. Burks can hold his 12th spot on the rotation. <laughs> we are arguing about the 12th spot. Maybe the 10th like, or 11th. And, and this is, we have to like backpedal a little bit because if you're arguing, like last year we were like, who the F is going to score? Mm-hmm. 
And and this year we're like, who's gonna be our twelfth man? Like it's just like it's a completely different thing. And you know you have a good team with that. Mm-hmm. That being said, them saying they're gonna put you know ten minutes a night to Grayson Allen, I that always just when you have a playoff team that just like immediately is just like eh, really like. Are like because you have to force it at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you're really having to force it. Like last year with Donovan, the Jazz, like it was really serendipitous with great with Gordon Hayward leaving, and then you had Rodney Hood who had like in his first game literally opened the door for uh um for Donovan Mitchell because his because he had the the anxiety and 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 the tummy probs like yeah. <laughs> right before tip off. Um, and so the door was open for Donovan Mitchell to get minutes mm-hmm. like right from the get go. But this year it's not going to be that way because Wait, oh, sorry, the, the players that, because the players that took advantage of that window were Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so there, like if Royce O'Neal hadn't taken advantage of that, there might be an opening, but now like, now the like getting past Alec Burks on the depth chart, which is what Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell did pretty quickly. Um, that's not the bar to get onto the floor. Like if you're past Alec Burks on the depth chart, you're still still probably not playing a you're, lot. You're, you're, yeah, you're 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 garbage time. Mm. You're garbage time, or you're you're if somebody is in foul trouble or somebody gets injured. And I that, that's why I'm like. Grayson Allen, he might be good, but I think he's going to spend some significant time with the stars because the Jazz are going to look there and they're like, we have a healthy team. We're going to be playing, like, especially this November, December is a gauntlet. It is just a straight gauntlet. And I think Grayson Allen will be able to earn some time, similar to what Royce O'Neal did, um, latter end of December, getting into January and February. But I think he's going to be, I think once, once the, uh, the Salt Lake City Stars start their start their season. I think he's going to be doing double practices. I and and doing games with the Salt Lake City Stars, so he's able to get get a lot of time because uh, he's not going to get minutes to learn the offense. He's not going to get as much practice time because practice time last year was necessary with everyone who was new. You had to have all those players practicing nonstop this year. It's going to be different because you're going to be like, eh, Ricky, take the take the day off. You know that you know our system, and we need and we need you we need you good." Mm-hmm. Versus versus last year, where it's just like it doesn't matter. You guys can't play defense or offense, and so everybody's here. It's required because we suck, and and so it's a completely different different game now of him being able to learn to play with his teammates. Uh, all I can say is that if Grayson Allen does get a lot of minutes and just surprises us, yeah, I am gonna be, I am gonna be insufferable. I am going to be. You're already insufferable because of Royce O'Neal. We give you that. If I, if I'm right, we give you that, man. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I'm in my crystal ball. I'm the Johnny Carson with the the head thing on. He's gonna get some minutes. It, it, I don't know how. He's gonna get him. And he's going to be good. He's going to be pretty good. And he's going to become a fan favorite. He's going to get in fights with guys and piss them off. I think he'll be a fan favorite. But I think all of those things are like two years away. I think we're talking next year and the year following. But this year, I just like because – and this is goes into one of my next questions is like 
what is Royce O'Neal's position uh-huh. and 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 uh, where does he fit on the floor? Because is he backing up? Um, is he backing up Joe Ingles? Because if you look at who, where people are playing, you know, Jay Crowder is going to spend time at the three and four. Mm-hmm. You know, Royce O'Neal is going to be spending time at the two and the three. You know, Grayson, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell is going to be spending time at the one, uh, the one and the two. Um, you know that um, Dante Exum is going to be spending time with the one through three. And, 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 and I don't know when you when you add O'Neal's minutes in there, how many minutes do you think O'Neal's going to get? Oh, I think for the season, I think O'Neal's got to play at least twenty to twenty five minutes. I like the thing is with the Jazz is I don't know. I mean, the only pure point guard they really have, if there even is a pure point guard, is Ricky Rubio. But there are multiple players on this team that can handle the ball and initiate the offense and pass to the first set of the flow offense that they run. To if 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 Royce O'Neal can do that, it makes him that much more valuable. They don't they don't need to ha- have him be Chris Paul uh, to to make him valuable on the floor. But if he can bring the ball up, if most players on the team can bring the ball up and initiate the offense, that's all they need to do. The Jazz are the Jazz are yeah. becoming more and more interesting because of the fact that they don't have a lot of set positions. Joe Ingles plays point guard a lot. He gets because he initiates the offense. He runs a pick and roll, and and it it goes fine. You don't in this offense that Quinn has. It's a shared offense that it, it it's 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 way different. It's way different. Like Zach Lowe was talking about it with Ricky Rubio and his his struggles to adjust to Utah because um, it it wasn't like okay Ricky Rubio doesn't get to you know he doesn't bring the ball. He's not always bringing the ball up. He doesn't he might not touch the ball until about. 15 seconds left in um in the shot clock and and that's an entire possession um it's it's uh it's kind of crazy how that um uh how that has uh how that was way different for ricky and zach Lowe talked about how ricky finally learned how he's able to really take his passing skills to the next level because he's able to work with a head of steam now with the with the defense really on their heels rather than having to put them on their heels and that took time to learn um but yeah the utah offense is way different than than what most people are are used to dealing with and maybe that's and and to your credit maybe that's how grayson allen can really like that's how grayson allen a he's gonna have to defend but b he's going to have to be able to run uh, run the offense as a wing um, to really be able to be on the be on the court. Well, and I think that's it's funny when we say run the offense. Like I, we're so used. I mean, all Jazz fans just kind of our favorite player is John Stockton. We think about how John Stockton ran the offense, and he ran the show. But in Quinn Snyder's offense, running the offense means just initiating their uh, the flow or whatever set they're going to run. You're just like part one of a seven or eight part set. And it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, a. I mean, it helps if you're a ball handler in the offense, that makes you that much better. Like Donovan Mitchell, if he improves his handle, becomes that much better this year because he can within Quinn Snyder's offense, he can kind of break free when he has an advantage and score. Uh, I don't. Grayson Allen doesn't have the like explosive quickness that uh, Dante and Donovan have that they can do that. But he does. He does have a good enough handle and he's a surprisingly good passer. And 
good shooter that he should be able to fit in at times that Quinn can fit him in and know at the very least the offense is going to run the way I want it to when he's on the floor. Now, if he's not able to learn that, if he's not able to understand the offense quick enough and makes mistakes, then he won't see the floor. But if he can, he's shown that he has the tools to really be productive. We'll see. But we'll see. Uh, My question for you is, uh, can Ricky Rubio be a 35% three-point shooter? This this is um, I, I I don't know uh, because uh, I, uh, for example I've had a couple people like at me um, on Twitter and being like you know what uh, Ricky I totally think Ricky Rubio can be a thirty five percent three point shooter throughout the entire season or or better and 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 I'm like I don't I, I don't know because we've only seen it in spurts. We saw it two years ago when he was with the Timberwolves, and he did it for after the post All Star break. Um, but then he got to Utah, and it tipped right back down. And remember what we were saying: it as as um, as recent as uh, beginning of January, mm-hmm. we're like, I just don't think you can have Rubio on the court. I just he's he can't hit the three. He can't. Oh, he was a big. Minus. He's not doing he that. Really was. He was a big minus. And then he started, it was the Detroit game, and then it, it was like a switch, almost the same exact time. He flicked on, and he was hitting that shot. And, um, and so he did it again. But, and, and so that's a big thing. Will there be moments, will, will there be an extended stretch of the season, half of the season, where he'll shoot 35%? I think so. But for a full season, we haven't seen it yet. So I have to say, you can't say, oh, yeah, he's totally going to do that. There are some positives, though. Um, I remember in December um, writing, yeah, I might be losing my mind here, but it looks like there's more arc on, on Rubio's shot. And, and other people started noticing it, too. Now, it wasn't going in in December, but it looked like, because when the Chaz first got him, it was like, it was like a laser. Like, it was either going in or it was going hard off the back iron or the front iron. But it wasn't like it, it. It it didn't have a lot of it didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. arc, and and by the end of the season that had that shot had arc. He was set. Um, it looked like it was a repeatable shot, and um, and it looked like he had been working on it in game speed. So that was a really big, really big change. That's that's promising. Also, when he was um, practicing with Spain with the Spain uh, team over the summer. They had their scrimmage, and he was he was draining them in the scrimmage. So that that was another plus. So I think there's I think there's something I, I think there there there's a reason for optimism, but I think because of Ricky Rubio, he's uh, and how long he's been in the league and how long he's been a player, um, it's similar to Joe Ingles' development, where it's just like yeah, Joe Ingles. I don't think anybody thought Joe Ingles could be the type of player, and you would be crazy to project he would be. Um, but you could still hope for it. I think you're crazy to think that Ricky Rubio can be a 35% plus three-point shooter for a full season, but I, that doesn't mean it can't happen, especially with the Utah Jazz uh, development team, but I but I do think you'll see it half of the season. Do you agree? Do you um, disagree? I actually think he can do it, but I the thing that's... Uh, the thing that he needs to do is... He started the year shooting like 20% from three. And then post all-star break, he was shooting like 40 something percent from three. 
it was just like it was either completely cold or just uh insanely hot and i think that if he can just find consistency and i actually think because he'll have comfort in the offense he'll know where his shots are coming from he'll know what shots to take and what not to i think 35 percent is mm-hmm. doable but when you have people saying things like 39 percent, 40 percent, no that's not going to happen he's just he's never going to be a kyle corver shooter because when you talk in 40 percent, you're talking kyle corver type stuff and or Clay Thompson type shooting. That's not what he is. He's not going to do that. But 35% is really good. If he can just be consistent this year, if he can shoot 35% or, you know, give or take for the rest for the whole year, then he's an incredibly a, effective player. But it's just what Ricky Rubio needs to do is is none of this like I'm shooting 47% for the month of March, but the 3 months before it I shot 29%. If he can just it, right, there needs to be that consistency that we saw from post All Star exactly. break. On. If he can do that, then and I think he can because I think it was very clear at the beginning of the year when he wasn't shooting well, he just did not have a grasp of the offense. So I guess, I guess I think he can. I think it's possible to shoot, and I'm saying 35 percent, but I think that comes because he has a year under his belt now. He is second year under Quinn Snyder. He understands the system because he he finally kind of figured it out last year. And I think having that comfort level will ha- give him more comfort just in his jump shot. And I think uh, I, that's what I hope. And I, I that's think what I hope. And I think the more important thing for Rubio is finishing at the rim because he had one of the worst uh, finishing percentages for at his position for, for a starter mm-hmm. um, coming into Utah last year. That improved a ton. And that's really where you need him because, because, uh, because of the way Utah Utah's offense works, the way people lay off of him on defense from the line, and kind of uh, try to cheat off their off Rubio, you know, to watch a Donovan and others, he's able to get layups, mm-hmm. and he's and 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 where Rubio, what really helps that Jazz offense was that. That mid-range jumper, as much as it, it's weird to say that mid-range jumper coming off the left side where he's moving. Well, it was a weapon. I, I it mean, was, it worked. That, that was a real weapon. And then being able to finish at the rim at an above average percentage, that's huge. That is, that is, that is bigger. Like, I would take him finishing better at the rim and him hitting that mid-range and him shooting 32% from three than I would him shooting 35% from three and then being uh, iffy and average around the rim. And that's really big for Rubio. I think the other thing is um, Rubio this year, He's uh, we need him to be healthy, ha- hamstring. I mean, he was dealing with that from January on. Like, what a trooper. That, it, it, and, oh, and, a uh, and the he's only a thing fighter. that's going to make that thing and, – and, and the only thing that makes – going to get that – is was that injury better was going to be rest. And – Unfortunately, the Jazz and their their slog to get back in the playoff race and get into the playoffs did not allow him any of that rest. And so this year, with Dante Exum being healthy, that's going to be a huge deal as well. And I think we'll be able to see. Um, I, I I do think the signs are there for him to have a, a really great uh, to carry on his post All Star break performance and being healthy. Um, being more comfortable in the system that uh, just feeling like he belongs here. And uh, I, I think that's going to be a big deal. 
Um, the next thing we want to talk about is like Joe Ingles. So Joe Ingles, uh, Zach Lowe also talked about this as well. Like Jay Crowder, um, Jay Crowder at the four. Um, you really hope that he's going to be hitting that 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 three. But the thing that would really open up that Jazz offense is if you're able to bring in Royce O'Neal, you're able to have that Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, uh, Joe Ingles, Ricky Rubio, and Gobert lineup. Now all of a sudden you're able to have just this amazing spacing on the floor for Donovan and Royce to work with because those two are just amazing slashers. Same with Ricky. Mm-hmm. And and if you're able to open that pain up, um, so the big thing here is Joe Ingles being able to guard for us. And do you do you think that Joe Ingles? I, uh, you wrote a story on this last year, thinking uh, with with that in mind. I did, and the numbers are. The numbers are legit. When when Joe Ingles plays the four, it just spread it sh- it spreads the floor. And that was at a time when Ricky Rubio wasn't playing particularly well. The numbers were very very good, even when Rick, Ricky was like not understanding things. The Jazz were really great, and I think that Joe Ingles can play the four much more than he has in the past. I think I think Joe Ingles has a chance to kind of do what Tabo did last year where he switch, switches between the three and the four situationally, depending on who's on the floor. So if if you're going and you're playing like the Sacramento Kings and they got Harry Giles and and who's their new draft pick they got, the the Duke kid from Duke, uh, that's probably yeah. not a team that Joe Ingles is going to play because that's going to be kind of an inside game and it's power and you don't want to wear Joe out guarding stuff like that Mm -hmm. but if you have a a more a perimeter kind of passer and slasher and and ball mover like a draymond green who's not really i mean he does kind of go back to the basket sometimes but his game is a lot of i mean he's kind of the point guard of that team at times joe ingles can guard draymond green and that that means that you can play joe ingles at the four and he can play and then that provides that spacing because Think about that. Like if, if Joe Ingles is at the four and you're playing the Warriors and Ingles can guard uh, Draymond Green, and we know that Ingles is a very good defender too on top of that. If he's guarding Draymond and that keeps Draymond from roaming on the floor kind of like a free safety in football and that provides space mm-hmm. for, like you said, Donovan Mitchell to do work or Royce O'Neal to get to the rim, that makes the offense potentially a top 10 type offense at times where – Ingles can hit his threes from the corner or from the top of the top of the break. It's it's the potential is awesome. Um, Joe Ingles just you just don't want to wear Joe Ingles out. My goal, my hope for Joe Ingles this year is that he gets rest when he needs it. That he doesn't play like I want to see Joe Ingles play like twenty eight minutes and no more than that every night. You know, unless you're fighting for a playoff spot or positioning in the playoffs to get to like the three or the two spot and you really want that matchup, you know, but otherwise it's an 82 game season. Uh, Let Joe play between the three and the four. And actually that can happen even more often because of Tabo and Jay Crowder. You can put Joe on the floor with those guys and you have this really interesting spread positionless thing. That's going to be hard for the other team to kind of figure out. Like if you think about that, Jay Tabo and Joe, can all be on the floor together and then you can put in Donovan, you can put in Rudy, you can go even smaller with maybe like favors or, or who knows. And you just have these lineups that are going to be so hard for other teams to, to match up with. And Quinn has a whole season to just kind of mess around with things like that a little bit. 
uh, on yeah. a night when you're playing Orlando or something or or Phoenix or just a not very good team, you can try some stuff like that, see how it goes, and maybe you find some lineups that really help you out later in the year. Yeah, I do think Joe Ingles, uh, his natural progression is going to be to the power forward position just for the longevity of his career. Um, I, I do think that's where the Jazz are going to get value in his contract in his last couple years as he starts to get older. Like he's played last year, he was playing, um, what was it? How many minutes per game? 31 minutes. He went from 24 minutes a game to 31 last year at age 30. Um, so I think what you're w- going to want is you want Ingles to be at about 26, 27 um, for the year. Of course, in those big time games against bigger opponents. Uh, you're gonna. He's definitely gonna be playing like close to 34. Mm-hmm. But I think on these nights where you're playing, you know, these these lottery teams and going through the sludge that is the the East, you're not gonna want him to play that many. You you want those minutes to go to Royce. You want those minutes to go to uh, Grayson or or to Dante or to uh, or to Jay uh, Crowder, um, and and really be able to save uh, Joe Ingles um, for. For the postseason, so we're getting close here to to wrapping it up. But your pick, who's going who's going to come into to camp with the best shape? In the best shape, pick. I would say best shape looks like from what we've seen uh, might be Derek Favors. It's just from what we've seen on Instagram. I you know he's slimmed up, man. He's lean, and if 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 Favors can really guard that perimeter. Um, and if, you know, I, I, you know, he heard Tony Jones and I like listening to Tony Jones. Uh, he says favors has told him that his, his three point shot is better. I mean, I hope so. I, <laughs> if that is, then favors becomes right. really good, but I like the fact yeah. that favors is slimmer because I think that'll make him last longer on the floor, less injuries. He can move around with the quicker fours in the league. Uh, so I guess mm-hmm. my hope is Derek Favors. We did see that he has slimmed down a lot, which is awesome. And let's just hope he's the fittest he guy on the slimmed, team. He has slimmed down. Um, my uh, pick is Joe Ingles. Mm, working out with Renee. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> but I mean, I, I love Joe Ingles. I love Joe Ingles. But Joe Ingles still got that. He's got the. He's got that dad bod going. He does. The dad bod god. He, he's the dad bod god. But he, you know what? What's it like to lose Joe Ingles? Have him yell in your face. It's like getting mocked by your own dad as you lose the. <laughs> Paul yeah, George had the worst he's playoffs like the, last year. He is. He is. If if you created a YMCA player in the lab, just perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, I would say I, I still think it's going to be Donovan. Yeah, I think uh, Donovan. Donovan Donovan and uh, Royce looks like he's he's been working out, but I think Donovan and I, I'd say Derek Favors have looked like because R- Rudy already like Rudy already looked like Adonis coming into yeah, camp Rudy last just, year. Rudy is just Rudy's underrated for his work ethic. Honestly, he's mm-hmm. just a worker. And last year, when when Donovan looked like an NBA player, but he but now he looks just chiseled. Well, and like, he. he he on his Instagram has showed off his he he obviously hired a chef and he's always showing off his stuff. I mean, you might be right. Like he might be coming in even leaner and even fitter. 
And oh my god. I gosh. said last year if the dude if the dude gave up steaks and started to realize the Caesar salads just were terrible for you. I remember listening to Waj Pods last year and he was like, "Yeah, I have Caesar salads and that really like this was like he said what took his game to the next level last December and what really turned it on was he stopped going to Ruth's Chris and then he started eating Caesar salads. Oh, to be 20 again. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Well, the thing is, like, he seriously, melts, wouldn't that be amazing? He like, that, that, that was stuff like, off in like an hour. Yeah. Jeez. But... Like, I can't, like, me saying that. Like, like yeah, man, once I stopped going to Roost Chris, what, you're still a fat lard? Like, that's just, <laughs> like, that's me now. Like, man, it's just. But now, since he's hired, you know, like he's eating healthy. Like he said, he wasn't. He didn't eat a lot of veggies. He didn't. He didn't do those things. If he's doing that now and eating more chicken and getting protein and the right types of protein and right stuff in his body, dude, he's taking care of his body like it's like it's a tool. Well, he's a he's a star now, and that's what stars do. And if he can, uh, Mm -hmm. if he can do that, then it just makes him that much better. And he he, there's no reason why Donovan can't score 25 points a game this year. And just be an absolute monster every single night. I agree. Like there, there's no reason yeah. why he can't do that. He could. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, ch- check us out on the good old iTunes. Leave us a review. And James, evidently, he's doing this now. He will read it. <laughs> if there's no new ones. I'm not doing it. So you guys better do it. If there's no new ones, he won't do it. He'll just, he'll just actually, you probably will reread all the ones that say he's amazing. But, and then yeah. uh, check us out on Spotify. Uh, you can also check us out at slcdunk.com. Hit us up on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the Facebook. Follow us. The season is starting. We're going to have a ton of great coverage tomorrow with Media Day. A lot of great stuff happening. Check us out. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, guys. See you tomorrow. Peace.